Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome once again to the Network Show. We are back to talk about some more Australian Open tennis, but this time, not the women folks, but the men. Spread, good morning. How are you? It looks like it's a bright, sunny day there. Uh, we saw one of the kitties there walking around. Who was that? Yeah, Dasha was hanging out with me. You know, she's getting ready to to root on her namesake in the first round. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's bright. It's sunny. It's beautiful. And uh, I'm ready to dive into this men's tennis. Love it. John, how are you on this fine morning? Feeling a little better than you were yesterday? Yeah, feeling a lot better. Uh, can't complain. It's afternoon for us, man. I get it with spread. It's still morning for him. We're in the afternoon. All right. Let's jump in. We're ready. It's men's tennis times, folks. We'd have a lot to cover, so enough dilly-dallying. First quarter here, Novak's the top seed. It's a pretty rough stretch here. Novak at the top, Zverev at the bottom. A lot of interesting stuff in the middle, um, but I'll let you take it away, Spread, and tell us why you're still confident in Novak to win the Australian Open. Yeah, you know, I don't cap the men as much as you do, and I'm going to go ahead and play the role of the casual guy, the square guy. I'm taking Novak. He traditionally does well here on these quick courts of the Australian Open. And, you know, although there will be questions about his conditioning, there's going to be questions about every player's conditioning, right? Uh, look at a quick path. He looks like he'll be taking out some of the Americans, so he'll have plenty of TV time for us on ESPN. Uh, most likely playing TFO. Would you guys agree with me there? Do you think TFO gets by Travaglia? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not well, a walk. It's not a walk in the should. park. Right. He should. And then he should. I wouldn't be surprised if they he played, you know, uh, Riley or, or Fritz here. Uh, Riley Opelka or Taylor Fritz. So, I mean, these are definitely, you know, eminently winnable matches. Then he goes against Stan, who could give him trouble, or Milos, you know. But overall, I just, I mean, I just trust him. I think he's at the top of his game. You know, I mean, he's looked to be one of the best players of all time. You know, he's, you know, jumping in there, grabbing that argument, trying to take it away from uh, Roger and Rafa. And, you know, he's done a great job so far. Arguably, he would have won. The U.S. Open, which is a surface, you know, I think that it's even harder for him to win on if it wasn't for that mishap with the lines person. So I'm going to go ahead, be the square, ride the Novak train. I don't trust Varev yet in the big match if that is the uh, the quarterfinal here. So I'm going to ride Novak here. I'm only getting like plus 130. I still think it's a good play. The road is rough. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he should beat Chardy. He should beat Tiafo. He should beat Opelka or Fritz. But those aren't going to be the normal kind of tune-up first three matches he's used to. Then he has Warinka, and that's just to get to the quarterfinal where he's looking at facing probably Alexander Zverev, who you know struggles in some of these big moments, but doesn't mind playing against Djokovic. He's not going to look across the court and be scared and you know be worried about what's going on over there. He's just going to be playing tennis and have a shot. And again, all of that is just to make it to the semifinals where he's looking at probably a match against team and then the. Obviously, in the final there, whoever comes out of the bottom half, and we'll talk about that, obviously, a little bit. It's just hard for me to want to back Novak here. It's As you start to put all this together, it's, again, it's a lot of matches he should win. But as I start to put them together, I don't know that there's value anymore at his number at, you know, plus 120, plus 130. Um, what do you think, John? Yeah, I think Zverev has a nice a nice path uh, along his that kind of bottom section, that second eighth, if you will, uh, getting towards uh, the the Djokovic quarterfinal. The problem is I don't know how injured he really is from last night or today or tomorrow, whatever day it is in Australia where they're playing. Uh, he he did kind of like hobble himself a little bit against Medvedev. We don't I don't know how serious it was. Look, I, all the chats I was and I wasn't watching it. Um, 
said it, it looked pretty bad and everyone's jumping on benefit of live. And then all of a sudden, third said he comes out and he forces it to 12 games. Also talk about Dick Medvedev's level drop a little bit. He not take advantage. There's a lot of question marks there for me. The, the thing is, uh, unless it is a serious injury, um, it, I mean, who, who can take advantage of that in that bottom, uh, in that middle, or, uh, sorry, the bottom half of this first quarter against him? I mean, it, it is kind of as, as, as nice of a draw as he could really hope for. Um, talking about, you know, Marcos Giron and then, I think you, you could make a case that it would be Taro Daniel doesn't really bother him. Adrian Manorino uh, might no hold serve enough, but I can't see him getting through. Gael Monfils would have to have, you know, at least 12 to 15 sets of, you know, tennis where he doesn't break down mentally to get there. So it's, and he's he's a dog in his first match to Rusu Bori, which I think is wrong. We'll get to that. But uh, I mean, that, that second eighth is just a dream for Zverev. Um, and we talked about a little bit in prep, I think, with Novak potentially uh, facing some of these big servers. If Riley Apelka gets to that third round um, against Djokovic and Tiafo can take a set off, which he's more than capable of, and even if Chardy serves his way to a tie break, like some of these, these courts can be quick enough um, that there's the potential for, you know, Djokovic to have to play some longer sets. And you wonder how a potential fitness advantage might uh, just help Zverev maybe get to that level he needs to to win to win a match that honestly Djokovic shouldn't lose but if, if that that's how it would happen uh for me if it were to unfold it would have to be because Zverev kind of walked to the corner and and Djokovic stumbled along dropping sets uh along the way yeah makes perfect sense to me I, you know I, again it's hard if we're picking a bracket and we are um it's a lot of fun this is pretty good get your friends together if you go to tennisdrawchallenge.com not that uh, they support us in any way but it's a great resource and it's a lot of fun yeah, I got um, my dad on there last night, so maybe I'll yeah. throw him in our group. <laughs> I've got Djokovic there. Um, I'm probably going to take him at that far, but based on how tough that is, I'm probably going to look to try to fade him at some point. I'm not sure this is yet the spot. I didn't see anything really of value here. You know, again, I think Warinka could be competitive there. I think Zverev could give him some trouble, but I think I'd rather wait till those matches um, and attack those particular numbers versus the outrights, which um, to foreshadow a little bit of the rest of the, of the show here, folks, um, we might be doing that quite a bit. Uh, but we'll talk through why at a little more depth, um, especially as we get here to the second quarter, John, because I know you're excited to bet PCB. Um, now, he is in a tough quarter with Dominic Team at the top there. And then the bottom section, you know, maybe not big names, but Shapovalov, Sinner, um, your boy Felix there, Diego Schwartzman, if he's not too exhausted, are, are all tough players that, um, you know, are going to be competitive there in the quarterfinal. But um, who did you see? Um, what were you thinking about doing? And uh, why were you maybe a little bummed just before we got started? Yeah, we talked, uh, I think it was at 100 to 1 on the outright and 20 to 1 on the quarter. And I kind of really like those numbers, especially since he's, I think, seventh or eighth favorite to win the quarter among this group. He's a perennial second week uh, kind of guy at the Grand Slam level. I think he's made the fourth round here mo on multiple occasions, having lost to a much better Marin Cilic. Uh, once he's lost to, again, a much better Nishikori uh, in, in a fifth set tiebreak or a fourth set tiebreak, something like that. And then, of course, I think last year he just got swept by Nadal out of the third round. And that's, you know, not really anything to be ashamed about. But I, we, we've seen multiple times, even on hard courts, PCB making that fourth round to quarterfinal level of a grand slam. And I just don't understand how you can have him 20 to 1 here. I think it's a little disrespectful. Uh, Kenny Shikori, as we saw at the ATP Cup, um, I think last night, he just wasn't, he's not, he's not ready to be back and really challenge yet, let alone at the best three of five level. Uh, against someone as you know rock solid as Pablo Carreño, Busta the second round against Vesley Kopians, 
he'll be a massive favorite, should get through that. And then I think I think you could see Alex Bolt in the third round, truthfully. Um, but even if it's the Chilich or Dimitrov, is probably who everyone expects to be there. Neither of those guys scare me against PCD. I'd honestly make him a favorite against both. Chilich is washed right now, uh, really trying to search, uh, you know, try to find his way back. And then you've got Grigor Dimitrov, who, I mean, very, very talented, has always had the talent there, but just makes some silly errors, not great in terms of decision-making, not the best uh, in terms of point construction. And those are all things that Pablo Crane Busta would love to exploit in an opponent. So once you get him to that fourth round, now it's Dominic team. Right. And now it's, you know, that's the big test. And that's why you're getting these kind of these kinds of numbers is because you'd have to beat team and then someone he'd be a dog against in the quarters. And when we ran all the potential prices where we'd have the prices, uh, the quarter price came out to what 25 to one at the very least. So it kind of dissuaded me from taking the 20 available up at 365. And another advantage of the rollover parlay is in the first few rounds, you can kind of take a bit more risk, right? If Nishikori, as he showed last night, really isn't that isn't ready, you can take an alternate games line. You can take a minus one and a half set line. Really give yourself a little bit extra value in those early stages. Um, so instead of taking a money line against Kopians or Vesley, I would take minus one and a half sets there as well for uh, PCB, especially against Kopians if he can somehow pull uh, pull that match out. But yeah. and I think that, that's there's two advantages there. One, you're probably going to get a better price. And two, you can actually add to your risk early on to to really build it up more than you, you can't do that with it outright. You take the number they, they post and that's all you can do. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, kind of like we, we're going to say, I think a few times, he's just going to be great match to match. Um, we'll be looking to bet overs in his matches. Um, we'll be happy to attack him kind of as an, an underdog there. The bottom part of this section is very interesting, and I'm going to bug you again, John, here. You know, if you had to pick a Canadian to come out of here, which one Which one would you pick? Good question. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Felix is going to, Felix is, is looking really strong. I mean, he is serving really well this week. He's kind of actually hurt me uh, a few times when I thought there was value opposing him. And there was value opposing him against Igor Gerasimov. We'll get too much into too much detail there, but um, you know, he, he's, he's come out in clutch situations when his back's been against the wall and he's looked really strong. Serving it, serving out of his mind, and when you're on quick courts with his athleticism, his potential to play, you know, even at the net for his age uh, and his return game, if he's going to be serving this well, he's going to be really, really tough to take out. The three of five kind of concerns me, especially off of a lengthy week leading in. I'm a little bit cautious there, but his section is really nice. He should easily move through step. He shouldn't have too many problems with Duckworth. Uh, and then even, you know, then it's probably a matchup with compatriot Dennis Shapovalov or potentially Yannick Center. So. I think Felix is more likely to come through just because Dennis has to play, you know, an incredibly talented, one of the best players in the world right now, and Yannick Sinner in that very first round. Whereas Felix would probably get there, get to the third round rather easily. If Dennis does make it through and let's say he gets to that third round, uh, then I, I probably have that as a very, very tightly contested contest. So I don't know. I, I think Felix is more likely to get farther just because of his, his early uh, stages. but. Um, if they ended up playing head to head, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah. Anything hey, bad here? Spread ends on the, up go ahead. Diego there. Who do you guys like? What's that? If if Benoit ends up playing Diego there in the third round, who do you guys like there? Oh, Diego. Diego. I mean, Benoit is a plus three eighty on the money line against Garasimov right now, or at least he was when I looked this morning. Really? I mean, yeah. He he just did not care at all if the ATP got like Garasimov is minus five hundred. Did he win more wow. than two games in a set this week at the ATP Cup? I think, That's yeah, against right. Fanini he might have. He might have done a little comeback against Fanini. But, 
Uh, it, it, he's not looking good. And Grasimov on quick courts is is a pretty strong player. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if he if he so gets you don't think they'll meet up. Huh? I would I would take Karatsev to be the guy who plays Diego in the third round uh, before I would take Pair. I'd probably also take Grasimov to get that before Pair. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, guys. Any other thoughts here on this quarter before we jump into the third? No, I think it's a fun quarter, though. I think that the one that we just talked about it is it's got the most uh, intrigue as far as it's hard, really hard to figure out what's going to happen here. Yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. I think that PCB team match will be good. And the, the bottom section has a lot of intrigue, and I, I think has a lot of variability into what could happen there. I mean, Sinner could just continue to be hot. He's a young player. It's early in the season. I'm certainly not worried about the fatigue, um, although it looks like they're going to make him play on Monday. Um kind of sucks but we'll see how that goes and i think if he can again get through kind of that first match um he might be able to make a run but monday monday that. there or monday night here i would assume monday there i think that's okay. all the tweets are, are based in that, that way but i did oh, not okay. double check so we'll see but third quarter battle of the russians here rublev at the top medvedev at the bottom um some interesting names kind of in the middle here spread we'll let you take it away um how do you see this going yeah i mean um what great careers these two players have had since becoming my fantasy football profile photo and taking that picture with Ostapenko. <laughs> so it's my two favorite <laughs> Russians here, Rublev and Medvedev. Um, and I, I really like Medvedev here. I think that quick courts do him well. I think it's even better than the U.S. Open where he, we, we've seen him do so well in the past here. Um, you know, and, but, of course, I think with, if, he gets, if he ends up playing Rublev, you know, that's going to be a very tough match. And I say if he ends up because I think it's really hard to look past RBA and the amount of grind that he's going to put into these matches here. So uh, I would not be surprised to see if we didn't get that one. But that's what I'm rooting for. I'd like to see a Rublev uh, Medvedev uh, to win the quarter. Uh, if that happens, you know, um, you know, most likely I had him going against RCB in the second round. Uh, Jorge, you mentioned earlier, Pops uh, Pops is probably. Uh, in a tougher match than his second round match would be. Uh, most likely Krajinovic in the third. I think Medvedev can handle that pretty well. And then I'd be surprised. I in mine, I, I had Borna Koric coming out here. Do you guys do you guys see him getting this far and potentially facing off against Medvedev? Or this is a great draw. Great draw for Borna. I think I mean he should really walk through not walk through Pale. I think Pale is tad underrated, but uh Chorich uh -huh. uh, has that kind of game uh you know, not necessarily pushing, but uh, but certainly more, you know, defense-oriented. He can play the longer rallies. He should walk through McDonald or check him out for the same reason. And then Goffin is just trash now. I mean, in, in big spots against half-decent players. He beats very small guys. And then, I mean, I have Goffin probably losing in the first round. Um, yeah. yeah Papirin is very talented, and the, the odds on that have me very enticed. And and Harris and Torpegard, like, I love watching Torpy play on quick courts, but uh, it's not anything that's going to bother Borna. So I think Borna has a very, very nice draw here right through. I think that, that makes it the fourth round where he played meds. Um, yeah. Uh, I definitely think Borna's got a great shot to make a nice little run here. All right. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. It'll, it'll be fun. I mean, that that med Rublev match is going to be great. Um, you know, the two of them, I think, are going to have a lot of battles in these hardcore slams. And, um, you know, this could be the first of kind of a, a long um, chapter and I can't, I can't think if they played together even here at the u.s open before i can't remember any particular big matches for the two of them there but these guys are great and it'll just be a lot of fun so and, um, and i mean fingers crossed when we look when we look at this draw these guys probably have until they meet each other in the quarters do these guys not have probably the nicest draw 
of any of the the real contenders. And I, I would count Rublev in the contenders here. I would not. I, I've seen a few tweets and people talking about how you know you've got Medvedev, Team Nadal, Djokovic, uh, and since he passed, is kind of the the outlier that everyone else is second tier. And I'm like, I don't know. I think the way Ru- Rublev is on on quick on on quick hard courts, the way he's improved his serve, his movement's great. He, he plays really well at all round. I think he's probably. I have him with a better chance to win the Tsitsipas. Pass. I mean, Tsitsipas Pass can't return. Like he, he simply cannot return on quick courts. He, he never has, dating back to grass years ago, right through like when the when the courts are quick. Tsitsipas loves winning tie breaks or seven fives. That's just frankly how it is to me. And I think Rublev is a better chance. And then you look at this draw among those names that I mentioned, and these two guys until they play each other in the quarters, there's not a whole lot of resistance that I can see in their back. Yeah. So I'm looking at Bovada right now. Medvedev's even, so I mean, I'm not jumping in on that. Uh, on quarter, you mean? To win the quarter, yeah, right, even okay. to win the quarter. Rublev plus three twenty-five, kind of intriguing. Would I be crazy if I took eleven to one on RBA? I mean, I just said how I expect yeah. Medvedev to be there, but eleven to one seems pretty good. Or is that just uh, are they trapping me with that number? The problem is he's been blown off the court this week by guys who like to play on quicker courts, and okay. both Medvedev and Rublev are guys who are going to enjoy these conditions. So. It's going to be really tough. I think, yeah. I mean, neither of them is neither of them is erratic enough for RBA to exploit either. That's the other big concern. Like they're going to have advantages in uh, the service game. They're going to be dictating from the baseline more often than not. That neither of them hits a ton of unforced, uh, which is kind of what I think RBA would kind of hope for to neutralize uh, the 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 conditions. I, I just don't see a ton of what they're going to be able to do. And I think that Rublev would pick apart his serve as well. Um, you know, RBA serve isn't terrible but it's certainly not anywhere near the top tier even second tier among the atp players and then you have rublev who's just been returning phenomenally for months now and who serve it in and of itself is going to be um he's going to hold at a much higher rate i just i really i really struggle to see a path to victory there for rba and same goes for medvedev uh so he'd have to do it twice in a row in the fourth round and quarter ah, i can't see it and i think the way rublev's playing and the way he's been priced you'd be better off just you know Price taking money lines he might uh, no, I mean, uh, if you like RBA, I think he'll end up those last yeah, two just playing in those matches. Huge okay. dog. He'll be I a huge it. dog in both the way because Rublev has been so overvalued. If it's even possible to overvalue the kid right now, mm-hmm. um, the way he's playing, he has been in the market. So uh, I think you're going to get a, a beautiful price if you do like RBA there. I wouldn't say go for it, uh, but that, that's how I would approach it. All right. Again and again, you know, as much as we like some of these players, as you start to look at the outright prices and put things together, it's just really tough to make a case to take some of these bets. Again, you're just going to do better in, in kind of the money line section. You know, again, we talked about with PCB, he's 20 to 1 to win the quarter, but we started putting together the money lines and what we kind of projected, and, and you just got a much, much better number. Um, and again, the nice part about doing, again, taking the money, betting on each money line as it goes along is you have the freedom – um, and the flexibility to start and stop kind of whatever you want. Um, any other thoughts here on the third, guys, before we jump to the fourth? Let's move on. Sits a pass at the top, Nadal at the bottom. Um, you know, John, you mentioned that the Russians had some of the nicer draws. I actually think Nadal probably has the nicest draw of anybody. He's all the way down here at the bottom. Um, you take a look at his section. The toughest match he's probably going to play is going to be maybe Fanini or Demon Hour there to Evo. get to the quarterfinals. Um, 
as you look at the top section, you mentioned he's got Tsitsipas who struggles sometimes in these faster courts. If Tsitsipas is there, if Berrettini's there again, you know, Nadal should be a solid favorite. Uh, yes, there's some questions about how he looks physically. And, you know, he did uh, take a few matches off for, um, I think he said his back, um, but looked like he was hitting tennis balls. I'm sure that, um, you know, he's someone that knows his body and knows what he needs to do over the next couple of weeks to win a tournament like this. And um, I'm going to lean into kind of the, ex the experience and, um, I just, again, I like this draw. If he's, you know, even 85, 90% healthy, he's going to have a couple matches here to kind of work himself into a little bit of shape before he runs into, you know, Medvedev or Rublev and then whoever comes out of the top half. I mean, just a really nice draw for him. Um, you know, again, as, as I look at the outright betting markets, it's tough. Um, you know, he's five and a half to one. I don't think that's an attackable number. Um, looking here for his quarter price. Um, you know, and again, I like him to win this quarter, but it's plus 110. It's hard to find some value here in these outrights. Uh, but what do you guys think of this fourth quarter? Um, you know, am I wrong here? Is I mean, and if I am, who's going to upset Nadal? Eight letters, two names. Dan Evans, baby. <laughs> uh, no, no, I just love Dan Evans. I think, like, you know the guys we chat with in the in the groups, and, like, you get guys like myself and John Joe, and, like, you can tell our personalities are predisposed to supporting someone like that, like the hard, rugged, uh, Dan Evo, we love him, but uh, yeah, probably not. I would love to see it. I'd love to see him just, you know, take advantage of Nadal not being 100% fit. His serve has been a lot better. He's looked really good this week. He's going for his first title today. Uh, I believe he's never, I don't think he's ever won an ATP title. I, I think that that's, uh, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. So I'm, I'm, you know, we'll be rooting for him tonight. But he's got a nice, I think he beats Cam Nori. I think Cam Nori's style doesn't really, uh, you know, it, it, it bothers a lot of people. Uh, but I don't think Evo is one of those people. Um, I think he's going to be able to deal with the junk and kind of in those extended rallies, Safiulin uh, and Ivashka, like both quality players, both probably like the quicker courts, but I don't know if either of them is really a threat there. Uh, and then, of course, it would be Nadal in the third round. And I really, I really hope that Evo can keep that somewhat competitive because that could be a lot of fun watching him try and break down and break through Nadal. Uh, I'm not holding my breath, though. But you're right. I think the fourth round match, the the seeds in that kind of section that would that would get Nadal in the fourth round, Fanini and the Demina like Demon, dude. That like I've said for ages, and I said it last year at the ATP Cup, and I think he Nadal covered the four and a half barely for me. Um, and I I was going to take him, I took him again this year, uh, but he had to withdraw against Demon. It's just an, it's just a horrible stylistic matchup for Alex. Uh, there's there's nothing that the that the Aussie's going to do that's going to bother Nadal. Nadal is far too consistent um, to to kind of succumb to to Demon's defenses and 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 commit too many errors. That's not his game. And then Fanini, of course, would have to first of all win what nine sets to get there. That in and of itself could be could pose a problem uh, for for the Mercurial Italian. And I, I don't know um, you know if I if I trust that either. And then of course in the top the 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 higher half, the top half of this kind of um, quarter is where I I'm gonna take my my shot here again. It's not an outright because we once again calculated where we thought the prices would fall, and I'm gonna go ahead and take um, Matteo Berrettini here. I think the way he's like the quick courts with his serve has has been really kind to him. He's looked extreme like he's been a world beater this week, both in singles and doubles for the uh, for for Italy at the ATP Cup. Um, I think. Kevin Anderson, obviously going to pose you know a problem with his serve there, but outside of that, he's he's a much better player. Machak or Vileya Martinez, not really a threat. Hatchinoff at this stage, again, I mean, 
you might find a tiebreaker too, but just about everything else right now favors the Italian. And then in the top, uh, the top there, I would, I would really love to see an upset in the second round of Kokonakis over Tsitsipas. Unfortunately, I just don't think that Tanasi's, you know, body will hold up long enough to get through a three-set match against Quan or longer, maybe four or five sets there, uh, and then have to beat Tsitsipas for three more sets in the second round. If he was healthy and getting back, you know, back in form, that would be a popcorn round for a second match, uh, you know. And I don't even think that Steph would have all the Greek support in Australia, that big Greek community in Melbourne. Obviously, like, Kokonakis is going to peel some of that away from him, too. That would be one hell of a match, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen. But I do think that Berrettini is is probably a 50-50 there with Sitsi Pass, and he would be priced as an underdog of, I would say, at least plus 140, plus 150, maybe even um, further out. And that's just not right because Sitsi Pass on quick courts simply has never been able to return well on fast courts, whether it be fast hard court or whether it be grass. So uh, if that one's going to go to a bunch of tie breaks, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the underdog there. And the rollover parlay for me I th- would be nice. I'll be a dog to Nadal too, and I think he might have a chance in that one as well. Yeah, it's because, again, you look at Tsitsipas' first couple matches, Berrettini gets Hachinov there in the third round, and Tsitsipas is going to be a huge favorite basically all the way to there. So just a touch tougher draw there for Berrettini. But I think you're right. He's been playing some great tennis and kind of rounding himself into form as much as anybody really has. It also sucks that he has to play somebody like Anderson there in the first round. Um, you know, We'll see what Anderson looks like, but he's always a tough out. So um, not the ideal starting position, but – um, definitely somebody to look for match to match. Um, what do you think, Spread? Yeah, speaking of Anderson, isn't that a tough first round for him? You know, I've always liked yeah. him, and uh, yeah, I think he definitely, you know, didn't do well on the draw there. You know, real bad luck there. Um, do you guys have? Uh, do you think that there's any chance that Hercox gets to place it to pass? And, and would that would that co- trouble him at all? Ah, uh, uh, I mean. That'd be Maybe. interesting. I think Bodic but... I think watch for Bodic. He could be a little bit of a threat to get through that third round. But um I I'm not huge on the matchup for Hercoc against uh since he passed, to be honest. Okay. I'd love to see it. I I, I don't dislike Steph, um, but I don't like the fact that he is so serve oriented. His big game is just he has really never been able to translate a lot of that into return. Maybe it's a bias, maybe. People have analytics out there saying he can return just fine. I just don't like him on quick courts. I don't like watching his matches. I think even though there can be flashes of brilliance, it's just it's just too predictably serve-oriented. And the sooner he go out, goes out for me, the happier I'll be because I think we're going to see better tennis. Like this is the fan in me speaking. I think we'll just see better matches without him. Um, so, you know, that that's how I, I, I chalk this up. Yeah, makes perfect sense to me. All right, guys, any other thoughts here uh, from an outright perspective before we start breaking down some first-round matches? No, let's jump into the first round. Beautiful. All right, again, we're not going to touch on everything, but we'll get to most of these matches here. Um, the first one we've got on our list, Gail Monfils, uh, a short underdog, plus 122, um, to Vori, who's minus 147 there. Um, what do you guys think here? I, I was wondering if um, there might actually be a little value in Vori. I know that Monfils is really talented here, but I um, was curious to see um, not only that Vori was favored, but even at that number. Um, any opinion from either of you? I think that I'd go the other way, actually. I, I do think Gael, the problem is a lot of the assumptions here, motivation, uh, the form, he just hasn't put together, you know, anything in, in, a, in a long while. But 
it's not like Emil Rusuvori has done a hell of a lot outdoors to really convince us. Now the, the quick courts will help him. He is, his success has primarily come on quick indoor hard courts at challenger level. So that might help him. He's kind of like Garasimov in that sense, I think. Um, but I, I, I still think Garasimov is undervalued after taking that into consideration versus Rusevori, who's still being overvalued here. And considering Mofis's talent, considering his ability on just about every court, uh, every surface, um, to not think he, like to think that even if he's unmotivated forty percent of the time, or you know that that takes you know gives Rusevori a, a few wins in the if you simulate this a thousand times or a hundred thousand times or however many, I still think you're. You're, you're going to have to trust Mofis when he is on his game to be a favorite here. You know, I, I still think that anything above two just seems unreasonable to me. I think Mofis wins this almost every time that he's he's got his head in this match. It'll, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, again, a good contrast of, you know, kind of an upcoming young player versus um, an older player who still has a lot of talent. Um, next one we wanted to talk about, uh, Mute minus I'm sorry, Mute plus 150 against John Millman here, minus 185. Um, the Australian advantage probably in play here. Again, a lot of these Australian players have been here outside practicing and um, you know maybe in just a, a little better shape. Um, any, either of you guys have a, an opinion here on this match? I was curious to see what John thought on this one because um, I don't think that Mute is necessarily a pushover, but is that just going to be too much for him to overcome uh, playing? You know, I mean, it's a true home court advantage this year. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think the problem is uh, the style, like the matchup wise, and I, I don't know if I trust Mute's uh, mental game enough to hold up. Not just hold up for two sets, but he needs to hold up for at least three now um, against a guy who could frustrate the hell out of him. I just think that John Millman is a, a quality player uh, and is a deserved favorite here. I don't know if I'd agree a dollar fifty-one. I might have like dollar fifty-seven, maybe dollar fifty-five, but it's close enough. I don't think I have enough big enough edge here to bet anything. Um, if you wanted to have Millman in a parlay, I wouldn't like I wouldn't harangue you for it, but uh, I don't think there's too much value on him, and I, I, I don't think Boutte is showing a ton either. Next match, uh, Alex Bolt minus 122 against Gombos plus 100. I thought there might be a little value here in the Australian. That number um, looked a little cheap for me on Bolt. Um, yeah, I think? thought so too. What am I missing in Gombos here? Well, he's got a big serve. He's got, like okay. Gombos has that. I mean, he, he's. He's a guy who, uh, again, another guy indoor hard courts can can hold his own. I do think that Alex Bolt is the better returner in this matchup. I do think Alex Bolt has shown more success on, like, particularly on quick outdoor courts. Uh, and so I would I would definitely trust Alex Bolt here enough to bet him. Um, you know, he he's 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 bothered. He's been a pest, like a pest to better players than Norbert Gombos, right? I think the other night he showed it. He was a whole one hold away from beating Stan Wawrinka as a plus 300 dog last year or the year before one of the last two years, he took Dominic team to five sets down under. And if it was a two best two or three match, he would have won that match. Um, Cause he won the second and third and then lost I think six, one and six, two in the fourth and fifth kind of ran out of gas. But I, I do think that Alex Bolt does present value here. And I, I almost want to take the money line and minus one and a half sets. I think he gets this done in straights or in four. Yeah. I like both of those angles. That looks pretty good to me. Fuksovic is a big favorite over Pullman's here. Uh, it makes sense to me that Fuksovic is favored, but he's minus 667. Pullman's is uh, plus 470. Um, I'm, I'm going to pull up and try to see which way that number is moving, but I think there's some value here on, on Pullman's. You know, Again, it makes sense to me he's a dog, but that just seems like a really big number. Um, do either of you have any thoughts there? I'm trying to think of what percentage I would I would give Pullman's to win this, and it's somewhere in the the – 
you know, the 20 to, to 23 or 24% range. And I don't think that that's enough for me to get involved if at the average price of $5.66, I don't know if I have enough of an edge there to get involved. Uh, but I, I think it would be Pullman's or pass here. I'm not going to be laying probably what, what looks like seven, eight games with uh, Fuchsiewicz. Would you be interested? It looks like there's some five to ones games? floating around. I know we, we don't like to do it on the women's side. Would you be interested in taking the plus games here with Pullman's? Uh, three of five. I, I'm, I'm, for, I'm just not – I don't like plus games a lot with uh, three of five in general. I'd probably go sets. Um, yeah, if okay. you can – if you can, what's the number on plus two and a half sets? Those are so incredibly – because it's so hard to win three straight yeah. that it really takes a number like this to even get near even money or, or plus 150. What's the number on plus two and a half for Pullman's there? Let's Let's looking that up right now. Um, set spread here, Pullman's uh, plus two and a half, minus 120. So Yeah, see, okay, it, it, it's so hard to get it to even money in, in best three of fives. Uh, and then plus one and a half sets, you kind of need him to win two. And then at that point, if you think this is going five, you're better off just taking the, the huge money line, right? So mm -hmm. the sets, the set spreads are tough with me on, on best three mm -hmm. of five because I just, I just show so much less value than I would on, on a traditional money line or, or I'd probably take the plus games there too. Honestly, even though I'm not a fan of it, uh, I'd rather have like eight games than, than one set. Yeah. Plus two and a half minus minus one twenty. Um, plus one and a half plus two twenty five. just tough to attack. Um, again, if I could find a five to one, it's actually, I just did find a five to one. I might sprinkle just a little bit there and maybe there try to go. buy out live or something. Okay. Onward and upward, or downward, really, as I move down the sheet. Uh, Bedene, oh, no, wait. Dimitrov, uh, Chil so, yeah, no, sorry, Dimitrov, yeah. Chilich here. Uh, the match of what once was. Uh, Dimitrov <laughs> minus 150, Chilich plus 129. I think I kind of like Dimitrov at that number here. I mean, he, he's been playing tennis. He looks okay. I haven't seen Chilich too much, if anything, lately. What do you guys think here? Yeah, I call this one the laundry match, right? See who's more washed. Because uh, <laughs> neither players played that well. well I like that. That was yeah. good. I, I do like Dimitrov here, though, as well. <laughs> what are you thinking, John? I think you guys are cutting off and I'm leaving the stream. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no I, I like Dimitrov. Absolutely. My, oh, it's just trusting him to, ret to return and break enough and not drop a set to take the minus games really bugs me. Like, I cannot tell you how, how annoyed I am that there is value. I'm going to play it. And he's the better player. And he's less watched than Chillage. But taking the minus games, you just know you're going to sweat this bet out. You know you're <laughs> like, if he if he wins three nothing and covers the spread, I would be absolutely stunned if Chilich. But the thing is, if Chilich does get a set, it's highly likely it'll be um, either like a six four seven five or, or seven six. So it doesn't necessarily kill your your ability to cover. So I think that's the saving grace here. But yeah, it's not one that like I'm eager to get involved with. But this number it should be a dollar fifty. Like it's way way off. I mean, and, and again, at, at these numbers, 15 cents is, is a pretty significant um, difference. Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. So I'll, I'll find something to do uh, with Dimitrov there. Um, Mager Karatsev there. Um, Mager, or is it Mager? I don't know. John will tell us. Plus 220, um, Karatsev minus 280 here. Um, what were you guys thinking? Oh, sell the games. Sell the games with Karatsev. Um, I think he's looked really strong and even when playing indoors. Although the St. Petersburg uh, indoor hard courts are not quick. So I, I wouldn't, uh, I don't want to kind of use that as the, the kind of measuring stick or barometer here. But I, I do think that 
Mogger has a nice first serve. Outside of that, I'm not exactly sure what uh, we're going to get on hard courts. I think indoors, uh, he plays a little bit, you know, he plays more um, in terms of the, the price and being able to back him outdoors here against Karatsev, who's actually looked pretty decent on return. His, his return game has come a long way, as well as his forehand and his serve the last several months. I think he takes this uh, in, in straight sets. I think he should be uh, a favorite even more than he already is here. I don't think Mogger's looked great down under either, so that, that's another uh, little added bonus, but I think um, very rarely do I play favorites under a dollar forty, but this is one where I will. Oh, yeah, maybe I'll just parlay him with Dimitrov. I was writing that down while you were talking. That sounds there nice. There you go. All right. Um, Pear Jarosovov. Um, Pear coming off just a really, really sad showing um, for the ATP Cup here. Um, Jarosovov minus five hundred. Pear plus three sixty eight. Um, any reason to think Benoit is going to uh, shock the world and all of a sudden be good at tennis again? I mean, I, I put this down and I wanted to talk about it. And I thought that like, you got to take pair out of principle here, but Jesus, like that ATP cup run, I think that's kind of what's justifying this price. He didn't care playing for his country and best two out of three. I don't know how I can justify believing he gives two hoots about, you know, beating Igor Garasimov, who has a big serve of his own. Um, and he has to do it three separate sets. Like, I think I, I don't even think I can bet pair at this number. And it's crazy to think that I can't bet pair against a, you know, borderline challenger level, you know, low end 250 ATP tour level player at Garazov. And you can't bet him at plus 368. That's it, it's ridiculous, but I think it, it, it holds true. I think you've got to pass here. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, this will be, this could be a fun one to watch. Um, not actually, I'm going to score watch, but if it looks like Benoit is kind of messing around, like if we see a tie break or something goofy there in the first set, uh, I might flip over and, and see what's going on. But for the time being, got to stay away. Delbonis Landero here, right around a pick em. Um, Really, really tough for me. I can, can either of you guys pick a side here? Um, I was struggling trying to pick who, who would actually win this match. The line makes perfect sense to me. Um, hard to pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – I think Londero actually had a few decent matches a few years back on hard courts, but I think – favor the clay. Like, these are two – there's not a whole – there's not as many clay specials left as there used to be. A lot of the young Spaniards, a lot of the young South Americans are starting to learn how to adapt and play on hard courts as well. Uh, these are probably more the traditional, you know, clay mold. But I think Fetty Del Bonus is uh, – the fact that he's got the serve, like a, a bigger serve for me, and he's got the 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 lefty serve, kind of both, make me think he should be about a dollar seventy seven minus one thirty. Because even though he doesn't love or even like the hard courts, uh, I think that he's got someone who is equally as predisposed to clay as himself, and he's got the bigger game for the quicker courts. I do believe that Del Bonus presents a little bit of value here. Yeah, um, pretty interesting. I like that little section, uh, kind of the all-Argentinian section. They put Yammer in there. They couldn't fit a fourth one in, but yeah. <laughs> um, that's kind of fun. The winner of this plays Schwartzman, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Tiafo Travaglia, uh, the American, playing for the right to probably lose to Novak Djokovic in the next round. He's minus 180, Travaglia plus 150. Uh, what do we think here, guys? Yeah, I'd asked you guys earlier, but I was just curious. Um, you know, we know that Tiafo I, – I can never get Tiafo matches right, but this seems like one where – he could be a little vulnerable, um, so I was just uh, definitely wanted to hear your guys' thoughts if you thought that there was any value on the dog in this match. I don't think so. Um, you know, again, I probably overrate Tiafo a little bit based on 
you know, I handicap mostly kind of with numbers here, but, um, you know, Travaglia just doesn't have the results I, I would need to think he could be competitive here against Tiafo. And, um, you know, given what I know about what Tiafo's talent should be, it's, it's hard for me to bet against him. But, um, you know, again, I'm probably going to lean on my numbers here, which tell me it's probably Tiafo or pass. Um, I don't know if I'm actually going to bet it, but we'll see. Okay, there we go. Sorry, guys, I lost audio right. there. Or, like, couldn't hear you. No, that's a, that's okay. Any thoughts on Tia, on Tiafo Travaglia? Not really. I think it's probably priced about right. There might be a tiny bit of value on Travaglia, but I think Tiafo does tend to uh, tend to play well down under. I think the quick courts make this a fairly even matchup, and I think that's why there might be a little bit of value on Travaglia. I'm not going to be not going to be betting it. Now, arguably the best first round match of yes. both tournaments, in my opinion, here. Shapovalov center. Um, this this should just be absolutely fantastic. Um, center here, a dog at plus one thirty-three, Shapovalov minus one sixty-four. I, I would have this priced a little bit closer. Um, and normally would look at center here as a dog, but I, I think that, you know, given that he's gonna play a final here and might have a quick turnaround, this this could be tough for him. Um, what do you guys expect in here? I like center as a dog. Am I crazy, John? Uh I think it it. I was actually talking with a few people and we were all talking about how when it was around a pick them or a dollar eighty for Shapo probably probably was about right. My problem, I don't like playing Shapo Valif matches in general. Uh, he's far too uh, you know, roller coastery, a lot of peaks and valleys, um, plays with no margin. And so when he's redlining, he will beat anyone on any given day. I mean, he's beaten some of the biggest names in tennis. Uh, so far in his young career, he, he's also someone who's going to hit a ton of errors. He likes to hit a jumping one-handed backhand. And the 20% of the time it lands in, it is gorgeous and it is fun to watch. And it makes the highlight reels and people are clipping it, putting it on Twitter. Uh, and the other 80% of the time it's an error, right? And I think that's a lot of his game is that kind of uh, low margin uh, play. And I mean, I, I'm seeing it kind of, yeah, I'm seeing Shapovalov begin to uh, drift. Sorry, center drifting. Shapovalov is coming in more. And I think that is... It's getting to the point where Sinners might start being a little bit of value, but if when he's, I think the reason why that's coming in is because there is a fatigue fade angle to that, um, and that's why we're seeing as the days go on and Sinner continues to win this week, uh, his price in that matchup is going to be, he's getting out to to being even more of an underdog. I just hope TSN re replays it at least once uh, throughout their network here the next day because I'm not staying up till about four thirty five in the morning to uh, to watch what could be a five set freaking match. <laughs> yeah, good point. yeah, I was looking at the odds portal screen there too, John, and uh, it seems like it's settled right now. For Sinners, it looks like he's starting to settle around plus 140, plus 145, kind of in that neighborhood. We'll see if that continues to move based on what happens. Berrettini Anderson, we touched on this one lightly earlier. Berrettini minus 200, uh, actually minus 210. Uh, Anderson plus 175. Again, haven't seen much from Anderson given his injury struggles, but always a tough out here given his serve in these conditions. What do you guys expect here? I, I looked at Anderson, but I just – it's just such a tough draw. I mean, I think the courts set well for a nice little comeback for him, you know. But, boy, I mean, that, I think he got the first – the worst of the draw out of any of the uh, the players that I wanted to back this week. Yeah, I think that you can't really – I don't know if he's out far enough yet to, for me to place a, a wager on his money line. Um, I'm certainly not playing – Minus games for Berrettini here in this in this matchup. He could win this 7-6-7-6-7-5, And then, of course, in every tiebreak, there's a very good chance he loses one or two to Anderson. Um, I don't see an edge either way here, and I'm, I'm more than happy to pass. I think, for me, um, you could start the Berrettini 
roll over here or in the second round and you're still getting to the better number on on both the quarter price and the outright price um and i might just i might just stick with the rollover parlay here instead of trying to sell games or like i like i will with karenga busta with the minus one and a half sets against ishikori i think i'll just stick with the money line here and let it roll over uh, because i do like his chances to go deep even though there's not a ton of value in his first round match if that makes any sense yeah yeah, we'll see. It should be pr- pretty good. I mean, I think Berrettini actually is pretty solid here, and I might look to attack him a little bit, given that uh, Anderson's going to come in here pretty rusty. Um, RCB's um, got Balas here. Um, Balas a big dog. Is it Balaz plus three twenty? Um, RCB a big favorite here, minus four thirty five. Uh, what did you guys see here? I I'm wondering. I, I'm wondering if this is strictly because Attila uh, withdrew it after two all in his warm up tournament week I, I i mean i don't see why he's such a big underdog to carbias baena um i think balaz is someone who i mean these again these are both guys who probably prefer the clay but i don't think balaz is someone who who's just that bad on hard courts that roberto carbias baena should be um you know <laughs> approaching minus 500 in between that minus 400 minus 500 mark it's a little extreme for me, and I think there's some value on Belize here. Whether you want to attack it with plus two and a half sets, plus one and a half sets, uh, if you want to go straight for the money line, I think there's value in in, in quite a few angles here. Um, this might be one of those again rare spots where I try and I'm trying to stack more underdogs now um, because I think that there's there's a lot of value in doing that, um, and it allows me to get to multi-unit wagers while you know kind of spreading out the risk. Uh, and I do enjoy doing that as well. And I think that Attila Belize is probably a candidate for that. You could probably find you could put, go plus games. And money line, I wouldn't blame you. Seppi Cuevas, Cuevas is a short, shortish favorite here, minus 130. Seppi plus 106. Uh, looks just about right to me. I was looking at maybe possibly an over here in some form. Um, what do you guys think about this match? Yeah, I was just curious. I think it's a really good matchup for the first round, and I really didn't know which way to go, so I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, I don't think I'll bet it, but definitely for my, for my bracket, uh, I was wondering which way to go with these guys. What do you think, John? I think that you should flip a coin, okay. assign one side to each player, and not watch this match and pick something <laughs> else to watch that's on at the same time. That's what I think about this match. Excellent. All <laughs> right. I will let you know if it's heads or tails. Battle of the Brits. Evans minus 180. Nori right around plus 150. Evans coming off a nice week here. Um, number makes sense to me. Um, do you guys see value either way? No, I'd agree with that. I think the number looks out right i think evo is should be a sizable favorite but he shouldn't be on the other side of minus 200 because nori is someone who's who's relatively competent um if i can put it that way i don't want to say he's great i don't want to say he's very good even but uh he can give people problems i don't think he will with evo but i think this is probably about right a a pretty hefty favorite but not you know out to the point where it's ridiculous on evo yeah that makes a lot of sense to me uh fanini against air bear fanini only minus 140 um, Air Bear right in the plus 115 range. Seems like a lot of respect here in the market for Air Bear. I, I see some value on Fanini. How about you guys? Yeah, I was going to take Fanini here. I want to talk to you guys about it first. What do you think, John? I think it's going to be incredibly dependent on Air Bear's first serve percentage, to be honest. Um, if he's serving well and you know getting that serve and volley game going and rushing the net and taking time away from Fanini and not letting himself get involved in long baseline rallies where Fanini's kind of uh, – like he's not just talented. He's very, very like flashy with his talent too. And there's like, he's, I would not want to be in long rallies from the baseline on either wing 
uh, if I was Hair Bear in this contest. So I think it's very heavily dependent on his first uh, first serve percentage. Also, you're kind of relying on Fog to play a best three out of five match without taking any lapses. Um, if you just want to play the straight money line, then potentially I wouldn't obviously sell any games here with Fabio Fanini, who could easily lose a, a set one six and win the other three six three six three six three, and you know potentially hurt you or six four six four six three something like that. Uh, I I think it's priced about right. I, I do think that if Hair Bear serves well, charges to the net, keeps point short, and and forces Fanini into some close sets, he, he has the potential to 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 pull off this upset, especially considering how Fanini can just you know totally throw sets away. Makes perfect sense to me. Um, moving on here, Goffin, a big favorite, minus 385 over Pulperin, uh, plus 295. Uh, John, you alluded earlier to liking the dog here. What do you see? John, you're on mute. Audio. So we can see you, but we can't hear you. Uh, he's not on mute, folks. Something going on here with John. Um, he'll probably figure it out. Uh, we'll put a pin in this, but he does like Popperin here as a dog. Um did I just hear you? Yeah, I think did you? Yeah, I back. did. There you go. All right, here we go. Something is going on. I dropped my headphones, dropped so I couldn't hear you guys, and then I went through settings and kind of redid the outputs, and now it's oh my gosh. Anyway, um, yeah, stack popular in here. I, I do like his chances. Um, yeah, saying browser is having trouble connecting with the mic, but it's literally plugged in through a USB cord. So uh, hopefully that that uh, stabilizes. But um, yeah, I do like uh, the Aussie here. Big game. Uh, he really pushed Dimitrov until that third set when he kind of uh, fell off. The problem is he has had a lot of uh, chances this week where they get to come from behind more often than I'd like. Um, but I I'm in a spot where I think David Goffin against talented players is just overvalued. I think he beats guys that he really probably should beat. Then there's guys like this who aren't as well known in the market. And as a result, you're getting a really nice price to oppose David Goffin with. And I, I would definitely um, take a look at that. Uh, plus one and a half sets. Like that's one of my least favorite markets. I love minus one and a half sets. I hate the plus one and a half because ultimately you're saying he's got to win at least two. And if he's got to win two, he's either losing in five or winning outright. So money line and probably plus games here is is the angle I'd look for because I don't I don't think you're going to get plus money on plus two and a half sets. But if you get plus money on one set for Papier, and I would definitely look at that as well. Torpegard playing Harris here. Harris a big favorite minus two seventy. Uh, Torpegard plus two thirteen. Um, Again, kind of makes sense to me here. Um, anything of interest from you guys? Yeah, I, I think that on a quick court, um, these sets are going to be closer than people uh, anticipate. And I think Torpegard is showing a lot of value here. I'd have him probably about uh, $2.60, like just slightly under the 40% the mark on the implied probabilities. I don't think he should be under 33%. Um, this one is a, a misprice for sure. And I think there's value in the money line on Torpegard. Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Soon Woo Kim playing Kokonakis here. You know, Johnny talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, I think you like Kokonakis minus one thirty nine. Uh, Kim at plus one fourteen. Or did you get maybe a little better number? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't posted any men's yet. I'm still. I was still going through the women's as of this morning. So there's there were so many women's bets that I liked. I think I had forty things in my bet slip and really had to go through form and do a second uh, run through to see which numbers made the most sense and which showed the most value. So uh, I'm still I'm still waiting. Um, you know, officially inputting and sending out uh, men's plays. But I do think like initial looks that I've I've gone over here and I've I've done a little bit of uh, hunting through Tennis Explorer and and some of the preliminary work. So. Um, my issue is I probably will pass on Kokonakis and it kills me because I really want to back him here. Um, I'm a huge fan of his game. I think he's got all the talent that guys like Nick Kyrgios do. 
but he's, you know, he's just, he's more focused, even though he's really good buddies with them and they, they both love the NBA and they pal around and whatever. I think on court, he just has more of a demeanor that I'd like to back when I'm looking at backing players, uh, you know, in a betting market. Um, it's just, man, he like that match against Bolt, he started out looking so, so strong. And then once again, it was like, he's had how many injuries? I mean, I think Steve would probably know better than I. Um, so when you, when you chat with him about the men's, maybe bring that up because I think it's been like six or seven different injuries that have kept him out over the last five, six years. Um, but he's, he's incredibly talented. I just wish that uh, I had, I had a little more uh, confidence in him. Casper Root minus 118 against Jordan Thompson minus 103 here. Um, not the best surface for Casper. If this were on clay, he'd be obviously, I think, a huge favorite here. What do you guys think about this match? Is it going to be competitive as, as the market says, or, or can Root adapt here to these quicker surfaces? Yeah, I mean, I think Tomo is value. Um, I really do. I, I don't think Root is as bad on hard courts as, as I think a lot of it. Why did we lose him again? He did. And maybe it's just an internet connection problem. So yeah. again, it sounds like John likes Thompson there. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's sort of working his way around the point that, um, you know, rude for the most part, not as bad on hard courts, but as I start to even look at some of my data here spread, I mean, Thompson looks to be a step ahead. Um, you know, and again, he also has that um, Aussie advantage, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. I kind of liked Rude here. Um, so I was definitely interested to see what your numbers say. So maybe I'll go ahead and back off that. They seem like they tried to, uh, to to get me in there with that short price, you know, where I'm getting, you know, the better player. But obviously we talked about true home court this year. I mean, the biggest home, home advantage ever. And then, um, you know, maybe not the best surface. Uh, I, I don't want to go against Rude, so I'll probably just stay away now after talking to you guys. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, we've got Tennis Songren, a big underdog to Alex Demonauer. Um, Songren, right around 7.7 .7 to 1. Demonauer minus 1250. Um, I have an interesting kind of prop bet tied to the, this match that we'll talk about afterwards. But do you guys see any value here in the money line? Um, anything like that? Do you like a side here? Yeah, don't you think that's just too high for like a grinder in Songren who kind of made his name in, in this tournament and, and we can't expect him to play well? Obviously, it's a very tough matchup, but that just seems like it's priced way too high. Uh, I'd love to hear your guys' input, though, before I hit submit on this bet. Yeah. And, I don't uh, think I'm on yet. Am I yeah, still you off? You are. We got oh. you. Good. Oh, this mic. Okay, I'm going to have to figure this out after. We're almost done, which is good, but i got to figure this yeah. out. Um, I'm probably, an hour. A lot of people think that Sandgren um, – Maybe plus games if you want something here, or or overs, probably the way to look at this. Uh, I don't think it's a great matchup for Sangren, as as many do. I think it's a little ridiculous to say, you know, he's got a less than ten percent shot um, on courts where I think he's a little more comfortable. His serve will play. Um, I, I think it's a little outrageous. Like I almost kind of want to sprinkle the money line just out of principle there, but yeah. Um, I think matchup wise, it's not it's not the most favorable. Got it. So related to this in a way, our friends at, at Unibet and, and DraftKings posted a prop. Yes or no, will there be a match over five hours in time? What would you guys make the yes price, do you think? Just kind of off the top of your head. Oh, for the five whole tournament. hours? For the whole five tournament. hours? Five hours. Oh, it would still be pretty. I mean, five hours is – does it, ha it doesn't happen very often at slams. I mean, maybe at Roland Garros – would be more likely because you've got like one, the longer fifth set to uh, the clay dragging out points. Plus three twenty, 
something like that. Yeah, plus three hundred area. I played plus three fifty, and I'm gonna have to go back and double check. But I, oh. I, I need to see on some of these. You're you're right. I, I thought that yes. this was. Yeah, on the yes, plus three fifty, and I thought that this tournament had was one of the ones that had, frankly, some longer matches. Uh, they also had yes, no. Will the final be in, in five sets? That was kind of a silly number. I think it was plus yeah. two forty. You'll probably be able to do better, even when that happens. Um, anyway, I'm going to look into that. I thought that was kind of a fun bet. Um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, last last match we've got here to talk about. Um, Kind of a dichotomy here of a matchup. Um, Lopez here is going to play Lee too. <laughs> Lopez, um, a big a favorite here, minus two seventy. Lee to the UTR God, um, plus two fourteen. Uh, what do you guys think here? And if Lee two wins the Australian Open, can we make Zampa get a Lee two tattoo? <laughs> make him. I don't think we'll have to make. Yeah, him. <laughs> I think it'll, it'll be done before we even uh, we even ask. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, look, he, what a great story he is. I mean, there's been a few write-ups on him that have been uh, rather lengthy, and they're good reads, and I would encourage people to go check uh, check out, like, you know, Google his name, check a couple Australian publications, a, a tennis online publication. I think a couple have done uh, some good stories on him. So um, check that out. He he, he Remember, he, when he was a junior, he was one of the most talented juniors in the world, not just Australia. I mean, he was up there playing with Kokonakis when they were, when they were that age, um, and I think he just either fell out of love with it or just didn't have the – lost a bit of the grind and, and couldn't put it together, couldn't grow his ranking and became a coach. And now he's back. Um, and, you know, we wanted to, we wanted a way to get him into this tournament. And here he is. He's got a shot, man. Like Felly, if he can get into Felly's serve, you know, and or Felly doesn't have the big, the highest first serve percentage, he's got a shot in this match. Uh, and I mean, I'll be betting it just because, I mean, I'll be betting lead too. Zampa turned me onto the story. And now it's just one of those things where, you know, he's hard not to cheer for this is how we live our lives now. All right, guys, that's it. That's all we've got. Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening. Uh, the few people there in the comment section, we appreciate that. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter at NetworthPod to make sure you don't miss these things. Um, we've got a couple weeks of tennis here. I'm sure we'll do a midweek check-in kind of thing. Um, if we get real saucy, maybe possibly even a live stream while matches are going on. But a lot going on. We'll cross our fingers there, folks, and see. But let us know if you're interested in that. You can do it a lot of different ways. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Good luck in all.